Welcome back to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. My guest today is Chris Kim, the Green Korean, and we're continuing our discussion about James Cameron and the Wonder Woman movie. Hey, Chris. Hey, man. Where where do you want to go from here? Do uh, uh, do you want me to read through some of these tweets? Or, um... Oh, that's right. We're just about to get into to the tweets. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Shout some people out and get you get other people's opinion, opinions besides ours. And then we also have our list of five uh, kick ass women in movies. So, yeah, let's uh, let's get into it and 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 uh, uh, read some tweets, because like a couple folks have um, uh, reached out to us as well um, on this particular issue of the, the James Cameron. And let's see. So the first one comes from uh, the Monster Closet. They are at Podcast Rage out on Twitter and they say James Cameron's take is that he's pissed. Nobody noticed when he was pushing female protagonists. Um, I, I think I, and, and actually that, that, that maybe is a springboard for something that neither one of us have mentioned yet is, um, what James Cameron has done in the realm of, uh, female protagonists and kind of, you know, forwarding, um, kind of, kind of that archetypal type, um, uh, female hero. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised we haven't talked about that yet. Now that I think about it, female action hero. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. your your Sarah Connors, your Ellen Ripley's. Um, yeah, and you actually bring up a really interesting point in that James Cameron with Terminator. Mm-hmm. At some point, we may see an evolution of the Wonder Woman character the same way that we saw Sarah Connor go from movie one to movie two, right? And evolve into stronger, badass action hero. Right, because so. because Sarah Connor of the Terminator is not Sarah Connor of Judgment Day, you know, strong in a completely different way. Yep, yep, and and it's interesting because you know James James Cameron does have a knack for creating and writing a strong female protagonist, whether whether they are action heroes or not. I mean, I mean, look at look at Titanic for goodness' sake. You know, I mean, that that's full of great female characters. But yeah, I mean, so he he's great with these these characters, um, despite or in spite of your mileage may vary kind of having um, I, I don't know if I want to call his views uh, outright sexist, but but I, I've heard like allegations, you know, that he's, you know, kind of misogynistic and and, you know, I mean, he's got enough uh, failed marriages under his belt and all that. And I mean, I mean, that's steering way too much into gossipy. But 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 what uh but what the Monster uh, Closet podcast is is getting out here. It's yeah, it's just, you know, he their interpretation is that he's mad James Cameron, that nobody's talking about what he's done for female protagonists. And I don't know if I specifically disagree with that. Yeah, Mm. I think they're making a fun joke. And, you know, to really give James Cameron the credit that he is due in the 80s and the 90s, he did help reshape what an action hero is. Mm -hmm. And help, you know, I know, I don't know if it was his movies. I remember there was a the long kiss goodnight with Gina Davis. I think that may predate Aliens and uh, Terminator. Maybe. Well, let me ask Doctor Google here. Uh, but I, while you're googling, I do tend to think that those movies, his movies, help open the door for characters like mm-hmm. Lara Croft and yeah. Um, so 
I, th- I think that he deserves a little bit of credit. I think I, it's safe to say. I, you know what? I, I would take that a step further. I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, because I mean, I mean, this may be spoilers for, uh, our lists that we're going to talk about in a few, but, um, you know, uh, uh, Ripley and aliens and Sarah Connor and Terminator two, two of the most iconic action heroes in movies, male or female bar none, just iconic action heroes in in my opinion. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Uh, long kiss Goodnight came out in 96. Um, that's a, that's a Shane black screenplay. I keep forgetting about that. Yeah, yeah, and that was Aliens was ninety six, wasn't it? Uh, Aliens was eighty six. Oh, eighty six. Okay. Yeah, and, and look at what movie making uh, progressed from eighty four to eighty six. I mean, because I mean, like, there's there's like night and day difference between uh, the Terminator and Aliens, just in terms of like scope and visuals and. I'm getting lost in the weeds again. Let uh, let me see if I can find some more tweets here. So uh, uh, the Super Super Movie Bros uh, at Super Movie Pod uh, on Twitter, they write, uh, Wonder Woman is no great leap forward, that's for sure, but neither were any of Cameron's female characters. He didn't create Ripley and Sarah Connor, question mark. Um, it's my understanding that he created Sarah Connor and everything else in the Terminator universe. Um, I, I, I guess I don't have the hard facts in front of me, but I think that's the case. However, um, it is true though. James Cameron didn't create Ripley. Um, that, that came out of, you know, obviously a Ridley Scott's alien. Um, so, so it's, it, it's funny because like a lot of the criticism that I saw on Twitter is, you know, like, uh, when, uh, people talk about, uh, strong female characters that are not sexualized, uh, Ripley comes up a lot, but then there's always those snarky trolls. They'll be like, yeah, but she's running around in her underwear at the end of all those movies. And I don't really have a defense for that. I don't either, but I think everybody was. It wasn't like all the rest of the mil- the Marines yeah. were in full fatigues and just Ripley was in her underwear. Right. I, mean, that was the, <laughs> I think that was the costuming a, a decision from costuming. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on the other hand, though, that those those underpants were really really tiny. Like like I mean, it's like <laughs> I I watched Alien again not too long ago. I'm like, oh oh my, I I. I shouldn't be watching this on a high definition television. Um, so, anyhow, um, but to be fair, there weren't long lingering shots necessarily of anybody. Sure, sure. Um, let's see. So, uh, so continuing with the tweets, uh, Tipsy Panda um, at the Tipsy Panda writes: uh, James Cameron lowered the bar again. So, <laughs> and and I I think I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of truthiness in that. Um, we continue. Let's go to the uh, uh, Dork of All Trades podcast. Uh, that's at Dork of All Trades out on Twitter. Uh, Cameron thinks too highly of the ground he broke, not realizing that most of Hollywood stopped following in his footsteps long ago, dot, dot, dot. Second tweet, Wonder Woman sets the foundation for successful big-budget action movies with women-centric roles, if only a decade or so too late. That kind of touches on what we were talking about before, that Wonder Woman sets the foundation. My opinion is the foundation has already been set. Yeah. Wonder Woman is getting the credit for it. Yeah, yeah, it's... 
And, and and again, strong female protagonists were definitely a thing long before uh, Warner Brothers marketed Wonder Woman as that groundbreaking thing. Um, but I I also think that, and this may be slightly outside the confines of this discussion, but I I do think that James Cameron is definitely full of himself. And that, you know, it's all about, you know, behold the glory that is James Cameron. I mean, who wants these four or nine Avatar movies that he's working on? Um, I, 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 I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to go watch them. I mean, it's like I, I, I have seen Avatar precisely once and I saw it in the theater and I saw it in 3D and that's really all I needed. And I think I got everything I got from that world. Um, so it, it's it's not this groundbreaking thing that I think he thinks it is. I don't know. I, I tend to agree with you. I'm with you. I saw it once. Mm. Um, but a guy who is responsible for how many dollars in box office revenue between the Terminator franchise, Avatar, which I'm sure that's going to continue to make a lot of money, True Lies, um, Boy, what other fa- aliens? I mean, he's he's put up some good numbers on the board. Oh yeah, and and you some. Know, I think. Go ahead. Oh, I I just I just think that I, I I a lot of people would like to dismiss James Cameron for being James Cameron. Yeah, <laughs> and that's and that's fair. But I mean, you also got to give a little bit of respect to the art that he's created. You may not like the guy, but damn, he's created some entertaining movies. Uh, absolutely, and I, I, um, I kind of find myself, as with most things, square in the middle because, yeah, it's like, I mean, you, you start talking about it, it's like, well, but those movies are my childhood, man, you know, and and I still continue, I uh, uh, consider Terminator Two in my top five of all time. I, I, I sure. mean, yeah, and and it holds up so much so to where. Uh, sometime this week, I'm gonna go watch that that 3D engagement that they have uh, coming out this week at like AMC theaters. Cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, I I'm looking forward to that. I think that's gonna be really really cool. Um, and I don't think that James Cameron's movies are necessarily law of diminishing returns. I mean, they're 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 consistently good. Um, Avatar's a a good movie. It's not. It's, gr- right. it's not great. <laughs> I, I I wouldn't say it's terrible though. I mean, no, it's not terrible. No, it's adequate. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that seems to be the word that See, I find that for seems a lot of these. to be that seems to be the word of the day. Delightfully adequate. Um, <laughs> Actually, I, I I have a bet with a guy that you know if I could work adequate into this conversation ten times, I got a hundred bucks. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Totally. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Let's see. So so Mandy writes, I think there's ample evidence that Mr. Cameron is a sexist pig. L.O.L. (laughs) I mean, I mean, he's got a failed marriages under his belt. I mean, it's like I mean, I saw a um, article uh, and it was it was amongst this this thread of the um, uh, the James Cameron uh, Twitter moment thing I was talking about earlier and it was like it was an article in Variety I think where they talked to Lim- Linda Hamilton and she's like yeah that that was like pretty much like the worst thing in the history of ever um, I'm totally paraphrasing but you know in reference to being married to James Cameron was just you know um, unpleasant experience oh okay Linda Hamilton colon a life with James Cameron was terrible on every level 
<laughs> so, uh, and you know, I mean, I mean, we've we've heard uh, things like that, and and that's probably, I mean, again, kind of outside of the scope of um, uh, what we're doing here. But um, I think that's all I that's all I really see in terms of uh, Twitter responses. Um, Chris, do you have anything on uh, your side? Um, in terms no, of I kind of that... uh, was going along with you on Twitter and following some of those tweets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think you caught it. But one thing that struck me that I just thought of was it is an interesting and this could be a topic for another discussion in the future. But the topic of separating the art from the artist. Because yes. James Cameron has put out a lot of interesting stuff, um, you know, but in the same way, some people will criticize Woody Allen for marrying his daughter mm-hmm. or uh, Bill Cosby for doing what he did. But in the film, if you look at just their art, Bill Cosby is, in fact, a brilliant comedian and Woody Allen is a brilliant filmmaker. Right. And so I think it's up to each individual to decide whether or not if they're going to support that art, given the behaviors of the creators. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Um, and, and it's one of those things that I don't think, uh, the, the pop culture consuming community can really do, you know, like in terms of, uh, separating art from, uh, I'm sorry, the, the artist from the art, maybe sometimes up until they take a pass. Like, like, look, for example, at Michael Jackson, you know, uh, up until the day he died, he was, you know, uh, very much a pariah and, you know, and all of that. But as soon as he passed away, everybody's going out and buying Thriller again and, and you know, talking about all their fond memories of Michael Jackson's music and all of that other stuff. And to where now... Yeah, it's I, I don't know. It's it's yeah, as you said, maybe it's something that would be interesting to explore um at at a different time. But yeah, there's there there there's a whole entire perspective of separating the art from the artist. Yeah, and and, and how it relates to this conversation, a lot mm-hmm. of people are slamming James Cameron because he is James Cameron and James Cameron does what James Cameron does <laughs> because he is James Cameron. Yes. However, um, the statements that he made, and this kind of going back full circle, the statements that he made, you know, you and I were taking a look into and offering our opinions into how much we agree or disagree with the statements that he made, not whether or not if we like the guy. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that that's the extent of the uh, uh, Twitter responses on uh, on this particular topic of James Cameron and uh, Patty Jenkins and whether Wonder Woman is a step backwards or not. Um, Actually, what more came in while we were reading those? This is hot off the press. Ooh, ooh. Oh, sure enough. We have one from new the note. crossover podcast. Oh, at hey. Year six says that I would say that James Cameron hasn't had an original thought since Terminator. Wow. <laughs> that that shots across the bow. And you know what? It just depends upon what your mileage is on what an original thought is. <laughs> you know I'm gonna, what? I'm going to take a look and see. We're going to go a lot. We're going to live uh, de- either verify or debunk this statement right now. Okay. We're going to do a, a Snopes while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> M. Pierce 6 crossover podcast. Have you heard their show? I haven't. Yeah, no. I haven't heard it yet, but now I am going to give it a listen. 
Well, see, and you know, to kind of kind of step outside and be kind of kind of meta here for a second. That's why I'm kind of throwing these shout outs in there, because uh, hopefully they'll give us a listen and that that will incline me to give you a listen. And I mean, that's I mean, if you're a podcaster, the best way to kind of like grow your your stuff is, you know, interact and participate with with, you know, other shows. Because, yeah, I mean, it's um, th- there were some shows I didn't necessarily listen to a lot until like, they're like, oh, yeah, we read your tweet on the show. It's like, really? Oh, well, I'll have to listen to just for that. Hey, this is a really cool show. I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, uh, yeah, and you know what? I have to say, I think we verified his statement that James Cameron has not had an original thought <laughs> since Terminator. I'm taking a look at the stuff that he's done. Okay. And uh, Avatar is, you know... a classic story that we've seen a gazillion times Dance sure. of the Wolves, etc, cetera, etc cetera. Um, Titanic is the retelling of a story. Aliens wasn't his franchise. Uh, Term- or True Lies is kind of is a takeoff of James Bond, so I mean yeah. I'm looking at all the other stuff. I've verified that statement. <laughs> I wish I yeah. had a, a stamp sound effect or something or like a, like a closing cell uh, it's like boom close the door verified <laughs> good, good on you uh, good on you Matt from a crossover podcast I'll have to check out your show that's uh, thanks for for participating with us uh, from up in Canada um, but yeah so it's I don't know Chris it's 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 a fascinating and it's a deep deep topic um uh let me ask you an off topic question uh kind of relating to Wonder Woman specifically. Um after watching uh the Wonder Woman movie, does that make you more or less optimistic for Justice League and or conversely the entire uh DC extended DECU what uh whatever we're calling it now um I, does it make you excited for the burgeoning DC universe unfortunately no and i'm a huge fan of DC i'm a DC kid and i just can't get excited i think wonder woman was an adequate movie that's nine. One more, I win the hundred bucks. It was an adequate movie. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Awesome. And um, I think that the unfortunately, a lot of the news that's coming out about Justice League and the chaos that's going on within Warner Brothers in their planning of the DC universe, it just I find it uninteresting and unappealing. And uh, the two shots that I gave them with uh, Batman versus Superman and Superman uh, Man of Steel, they just was it Man of Steel. Well, it went Man, oh, Man of Steel, Steel, then BVS, then Suicide Squad. Oh yeah, Suicide Squad was terrible too. So yeah, I mean so, they're zero for three, and or or one for four if if we're taking my book, but for their cinematic universe, yeah. and that's also part of the problem is that they're fracturing their cinematic universe into this one counts, this one doesn't count, and it's just too confusing to follow. Maybe I'll catch it at you know on HBO at some point in the future, or if the reviews are spectacular, then it'll drag me out of my house to go see it. But Wonder Woman is, let's say, if it was a fantastic movie and I gave it a full 10, I probably still would not end up seeing Justice League. We we saw uh, BVS at a second run theater and paid two dollars to go see it, and I still felt like I paid too much. Um, I, I hate th- two hours. Yeah, I, I I hate that movie. I hate that movie so much, and I hate Man of Steel also. Um, 
you know, and, and again, I don't want to drag us way too far off track, but but everything about the the DC movies has been wrongheaded, and. I felt that Wonder Woman was maybe a slight step in the right direction, but yeah. you th- you think about we we compared it earlier to Captain America: The First Avenger, and if you think about it from that perspective, that movie kind of sits by itself, and it still kind of ties in in other ways, but for the most part, it can just sit there by itself. And I feel that Wonder Woman is very much the same way. I think the real litmus test is. If they do like a contemporary set Wonder Woman movie, how well that would stand? Um, I I I don't know. Um, I I do like that in the most current Justice League trailers, they throw Wonder Woman in there right at right on Front Street. They're like, hey, that movie that like um, everybody mostly likes. It it's this, and, and then you get Surfer Bro, Aquaman, and I'm just throwing up. But but um, but yeah, no, I, I they they at least understand that that characters kind of struck a chord. And oh my God, Chris, you know what? This this just occurred to me as I was having this thought. You your main contention is the marketing. I think that's what they're doing with this Justice League movie with putting Wonder Woman front and center. They're, they're continuing what they're doing. They're continuing that that um, yeah that 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 disingenuous marketing. Like, hey, this is a Wonder Woman movie. No, it's not. <laughs> well, no, I, I would if I see a lot of women's empowerment statements coming with the marketing, you know, from the from the execs and from critics and and such. Then maybe mm. I might be suspicious. But the fact that they're putting their hit franchise front and center as part of an ensemble team—that's good marketing. That makes okay. sense. Yeah. So that's that's so you're thinking maybe that's the equivalent of putting RDJ front and center of all the Avengers type stuff. Exactly. And then okay. when uh, Captain America started to overshadow Iron Man in popularity, suddenly you saw pictures of RDJ and Chris Evans on all yeah. the posters. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's a reason why on the Infinity War poster, Thor is just really small. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and that's oh man, you you want I think we have seeded at least four other shows of of all of these uh splintering topics that we can that we can go off yeah. on. It's uh, it's fascinating. Yeah. Um yeah. so so that being said, before um uh before we get into lists and kind of talking about some of our favorite female protagonists in in uh, TV and and movies um was there anything else that you wanted to touch on either on Wonder Woman or James Cameron or any of this whole uh this whole kerfluffle that's uh that's going on well um let me see i think we could all agree that James Cameron is a monkey fucker <laughs> um, I think that's our first swear of the episode too. That's pretty funny. Yeah, no, I, no, I think there've been a couple here and there. By the way, I forgot to ask: Are we allowed to swear? Sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I, I mean, we're we're not broadcasting on the air. I, I, you know what? It's kind of funny because with my language, I, I, I fluctuate, and and okay. like with a lot of folks, it depends upon my company. So like like for example like if I'm on say like the Mr. BS show or the Robin Slim show or you know any of these other you sure, know kind of like, what's that 
It's a requirement. Well, exactly. And it's like I almost <laughs> become like a different persona because I, I I, subconsciously kind of go out of my way for the swears sometimes and to, you know, really kind of push that envelope. But but I think like when I'm at default, I, you know, I'll, I'll, I, I think I use swears for the emphasis that they were designed for so like for example when you say james cameron is a monkey fucker that's like you know that gets your attention it's like oh you know kind of like kind of like the one fuck in a pg-13 movie you know it's that that kind of thing you know it's like you know you have it you know and you use it wisely um because if you don't, you end up being like, uh, um, then, then it just turns into Logan and it almost becomes laughable how often it gets used. Exactly. Yeah, that's a very good point with, with Logan. But I won't go off on that tangent, although I, I'm <laughs> champing at the bit to do it. I know, right? But, um, but to finish the sentence, <laughs> but he makes he makes good art. Yes. He, or he makes, not. I won't even say good art. He makes enjoyable movies. I'm very selective about the words that I use. He makes enjoyable popcorn movies. Mm-hmm. So I, I will say that about James Cameron. Now, in regards to Wonder Woman, just so I'm not leaving on a negative note, that film is so beautifully shot. Most, like 99% of the performances are amazing. And there are so many good things to be celebrated about that movie because they actually put together. I'm so happy that of all the crappy DC movies that they got wrong, I'm so happy that Wonder Woman is the movie that they got the most right. Um, it would have broken my heart to see a terrible movie with a woman at the forefront and mm-hmm. people would have just slammed it. I'm so happy that they got that people enjoy that movie. It mm-hmm. resonated with a lot of people, my niece included. This, when she yeah. left the movie theater, she said to my brother, can we buy that movie as soon as it comes out? Wow. You know, that really makes me happy. Um, my perspective comes from a many year love affair with the character mm-hmm. and watching many animated movies or animated shows where I feel like they did nail the character correctly. And I, by the way, I have the same criticism of Batman, and I'm sure you do too. Oh. We have not yet seen the Batman film that you and I want. They've right. come close with Chris Nolan. Mm-hmm. We have not gotten an accurate portrayal of Batman yet on film. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about a step backwards. Your step backwards is Ben Affleck's Batman murdering people. <sighs> <laughs> oh, I done did it. I done did it. I <laughs> know. Uh, we got another two hours to talk. <laughs> yeah, blew the top of it. But but yeah, I mean, that's that that's the thing. And you know what? And, and I think, Chris, I think that was probably the best pull quote for that, you know, with with regarding the Wonder Woman movie. It's like I because I agree with you. I I am happy that people got the movie that they got and they're they're not like long suffering. Like, I mean, like, I mean, look, look at those poor Harley Quinn fans that got Hot Topic Harley. You know, instead of like a, a you know, good representation of that character. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they could have done worse. I don't I I agree with you. I think that the the trotting it out specifically marketing that it is capital I important is kind of smarmy. But by the same token, this movie does mean a lot to a lot of people, and I think that's that's good enough for me. My uh, my mansplaining aside, 
Exactly. Like we were saying before, everyone has their own personal take home message. Mm -hmm. So far be it for me to, you know, to shit on anybody's enjoyment of the movie. That definitely wasn't my intent. I'm just kind of expressing, you know, what I took home from the movie. Other, you know, mileage may vary for other people. Right. So that being said, you know, as we as we get ready to uh, wrap things up, uh, one of the the funner things that we wanted to do was kind of talk about some of our uh, favorite badass female protagonists or no, I'm sorry, not even protagonists, just female characters uh, from now we're doing movies and TV, right? I exclusively focused on movies, but oh, if you would okay. like to include television in your list, don't let me hold you back. I've, I've, because I've got a couple TV ones. Um, um, so yeah, yeah. So, so I, I, I could toss a few of those in there, and um, I gotta apologize in advance. I've been, um, you know, when when Chris and I set this up, it it came together very quickly. It was like, hey, are you available? Yeah, hey, that's cool. Well, let's talk about this. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's awesome, and um, and yeah, I've I've uh, I've been pretty busy this weekend with work, and so basically, what I've got is kind of like like almost like I'm getting ready for like a fantasy movie draft. I have kind of like a unranked list, and what I think I'm going to do is so so mine is unranked, unordered. I'm just going to start um, uh, plucking names out, you know. And Chris, it'll be interesting to see if we have any uh, uh, what kind cross-ups we have and yeah we'll you know spend some time talking about um uh some of these uh some of these uh, uh cool characters um so that being said uh do you want to go first or do you would you like me to go first uh sure i'll kick it off uh-huh. and uh since you're going to bring up tv characters this one kind of falls into that core category somewhat uh-huh. my first pick is zoe uh from serenity played by gina torres yep on my list for sure but. Yeah, I mean, she. I wish she had a little more time to shine in the movie, but the yeah. character that she played, just if we're only looking at the movie, I mean, she had to be one of the strongest people there, given the loss. Of, yes. Well, I and mean, spoilers, if you haven't seen Serenity and you plan to, I'll give you three seconds to uh, skip 30 seconds ahead. But, <laughs> at, you know, the loss of Wash yeah. in that movie, she had to regroup and come out as a strong, kick-ass woman. And I think it's interesting that both you and I picked Zoe yeah. over River. Yeah, River not on my list. I, I have a I have a Summer Glau character on my list, but it's not River. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, I, I love that character. And for that matter, all the women on Firefly and right. Serenity. Great. I love all of those characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so for uh, for my uh, my number five, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I mentioned Summer Glau earlier. I am gonna go with her character Cameron, uh, the uh, the young Terminator from the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Interesting. And would you categorize her as a woman, given that she's a robot? You know what? I guess I hadn't really considered the uh, the uh, um, gender <laughs> politics of machines because you know what? I I um I'll, I'll save this for for my next pick, but I think I I think I'm I'm gonna steer into that category for a hot minute since we're on it. But no, I um okay. you know it was it was um I I want to say one of her first performances after Firefly and Serenity. And, you know, she she just came across as more uh, mature 
and kind of I don't know. I mean, I I think I think she played the uh, the Terminator almost as well as Arnold did. I mean, she she just it, she. It, I, I just really like that character, and I really, really like that show, actually. Uh, Lena Haiti is awesome as uh, as Sarah Connor in it, and it's uh, I think it's one of those things that it's maybe been um, lost to the sands of time because, you know, it's it's not really canon, and it's it's been gone too long. But I, uh, you know, for, for people that are, that are fans of the franchise, I, th- I think it's actually really cool. I, I I love that series. I may have to go back and rewatch it. I think I watched the first two or three episodes and it didn't quite capture me. Yeah. And so I let it slide, but maybe I'll have to go back and rewatch the the series. Yeah, I mean it, and it's a short watch cuz it it's it's only two seasons. Um but yeah, I mean they they do a couple things that kind of subvert what you would expect from the franchise and it's a uh, no it's it it's a neat watch. I uh, I like it. All right. Um, my second pick, uh, sticking with the theme of women or girls who kick ass, I'm going mm-hmm. with the movie Kick Ass, and I'm picking Hit Girl. Yes. Played by Chloe Grace Moretz. Totally, totally. Um, yeah, I I uh, it, it it's a shame now because of her age. You she can't play that character anymore. Um, or or at least in the way that she's represented in the comics. Um, but yeah, yeah, so good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so I mentioned earlier that I am going to uh, continue with um, uh, um, gender confusion. I suppose I am gonna go because it wouldn't it wouldn't be a you know countdowny type style thing without me mentioning something related to Transformers the movie. I am going to go with RC, the only female uh, Transformer in Transformers the movie, and she's badass <laughs> because she's you know she's um, uh, she's a great fighter. She turns into a pink car. She's uh, she's proven to be more <laughs> proficient than her male counterparts on uh, on several occasions. She uh, um, she has if you look at her character design, I may have to tweet out a, a picture at some point when this episode drops. She almost has like the Princess Leia side buns going on in in. Her look, um, she, she's a really cool character, and I think she needs to be included in in my list because she is the only, literally only female character in that entire movie, and and that's you got to be pretty badass if you're the only uh, if you're the only thing in town. Now, if any more robots show up on your list, Mike, I may have to call someone <laughs> or su- suggest that you get some help. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have not. I have not seen Transformers the movie. Oh, get your life together! No, it's it's uh, it, it's it's um, uh, it's a cult classic, I think. But it's it's always been a huge nostalgia thing for me. And now that I've gotten older, I've taken nostalgia and made it. Um, Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, distinctive, like you know, it's kind of like my thing. It's like, oh, that's the guy that's into that Transformers movie, you know. But I, I always have. It's I, I unironically love it. It is, it is the most 
80s movie ever. And actually my my uh, uh the elevator pitch on it is it's the it's the Star Wars trilogy with transforming robots in 90 minutes with 80s hair metal uh synthesizer heavy soundtrack. <laughs> it's great. And who doesn't want that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, I I love it. But yeah, yeah, this uh, this character IRC, yeah, she turns into a pink car. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, so for my next pick, <laughs> and, and I'm, I had to do a little bit of shuffling here because I realized that I accidentally picked six instead of five. So oh, okay. I, I had to move one to honorable mention. Sure. But I'm gonna go with. So we're not defining strong female characters and strong women in movies strictly by the amount of ass that they kick. Right. I'm going to go with Margie Gunderson from uh, played by Frances McDormand in the movie Fargo. Ooh, that's a good pick. Yeah. I just love the way that she slowly breaks apart the crime, mm-hmm. figures it out, works her way methodically through it. And at the end she catches, she gets her man. She gets the bad guys. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I yeah, that's that's an awesome pick. Um I am going to you know what? I I'm going to stay in TV land. I'm going to stay in TV land for uh, uh for a hot minute here. Um I I actually have uh two characters from this TV show on my list, but the the one I want to mention as ranked is uh Cat Grant from Supergirl. The uh, Supergirl oh. show as uh oh what uh who the hell is that uh Calista Flock- Flockhart from uh, Ally McBeal Ally McBeal herself, and the reason why I want to mention this character is that she embodies what I think what the people that are uh uh putting up Wonder Woman are trying to say that Wonder Woman is, Cat Grant is the character that people want Wonder Woman to be, if, if that makes sense. It's a very convoluted way of saying it, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, she, she's a successful business person that is completely self-made uh, through grit, determination, and just being shrewd and clever and all of that. And, but the, the main reason why I wanted to mention her on this list is because in the very first episode of Supergirl, um, you know, uh, Kara Danvers decides to uh, rescue this airplane and kind of reveal herself as Supergirl and, and, and kind of take on that mantle. And later on, uh, Kat Grant, who's the, the editor of the, of this uh, newspaper, um, basically wants to coin um her as supergirl and uh supergirl in her civilian identity comes into her office and says well supergirl we can't name her that we didn't right i'm sorry it's just uh I I don't want to minimize the importance of this. You, a female superhero. Shouldn't she be called super woman? I'm sorry, darling. I just can't hear you over the loud color of your cheap pants. If if we call her supergirl, something less than what she is, doesn't that make us guilty of, of being anti-feminist? Didn't you say she was a hero? I'm the hero. I stuck a label on the side of this girl. I branded her. She will forever be linked to Catco, to the Tribune, to me. And what do you think is so bad about girl? 
I'm a girl. And your boss. And powerful. And rich. And hot. And smart. So if you perceive Supergirl as anything less than excellent, isn't the real problem you? To me, that kind of crystallizes what that show is about and that it's not it doesn't make that delineation of empowerment for, you know, uh, women, but of, you know, girls and females and all that other stuff. I, I just that 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 what's wrong with being a girl line always stuck with me. And that that was the reason why I decided to stick with that show, because I wasn't sure if I was going to do it or not. It, it's hokey as hell, but but I kind of like it. It's 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 a lot of fun. That's fascinating because this is one of those instances where I wish we had the female perspective here on the show to yeah. find out their opinion on whether or not if the writers got it correct or if it resonates with them. Yeah, um, yeah. I also find it fascinating that you went with Cat rather than Kara. I think Kara would be the obvious choice, but I like I like where your head's at. <laughs> Kind of do a little swerve there. Nice. A little Nicely bit, played. A little bit. Thank you. Um, all right. So my next pick, and this one, I I really wanted to rewatch the movie to see if, it, if the impression that I had was correct. Uh-huh. I didn't have time to watch the movie, so I'm still going to go with it. Uh, but I'm picking the character Rose Sayer, played by Catherine Hepburn in The African Queen. Ooh. That's a and great movie. And it's been such a long time since I've watched, since I've seen that movie. But her tenacity, her ability, ability to keep Humphrey Bogart on track. Yep. And there is one quote that I was looking for. I think I may have found it. Um, something to the effect of uh, our our nature is what we are put put on this world to rise above. You know, she's it, the inspiring figure in this movie not because she can shoot a whole bunch of bullets not because she can um you know like uh, kill a bunch of aliens yeah but just because she carries herself with dignity and class in one of the worst situations mm-hmm. and i find that very respectable yeah and and, and always being a lady you know i mean i yeah. mean that that's something that that you know, I again, like you talked about, it would be valuable to have that that um, female perspective for this conversation. I wonder what value, quote unquote, being a lady is, because I, I remember that was something that like my grandmother, you know, would would talk a lot about. You know, it's like, you know, how it would be important to be a lady, you know, and and, you know, me as as a dude, I don't know if I can even articulate what that is. I I just equate that with. Um, the, the inverse of gentlemanliness, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know, where, you know, you're, you're polite and well-mannered that, that kind of thing. What do you got for number four? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, um, I only have a couple left. Um, I can't have a list like this that doesn't have Sarah Connor on it. I, I just, I have to. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, Sarah Connor has to be on the list because like we were talking about it earlier, um, not only is she one of the uh, most iconic female characters of all time, I feel that she is one of the most iconic action heroes of all time, uh, regardless of gender. Um, Oh, definitely. She's on the shelf up there with Bruce Willis and Arnold. uh, Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And like if they, yeah, I mean, I, I know there was talk um, a number of years ago of doing like a, a quote unquote female expendable style movie. And, you know, if they if they bring Linda Hamilton back for something like that, I, I think that would be fantastic. I think she needs to be in that in that same pantheon. Um, and and the thing the thing, though, I would also say for Sarah Connor is that unlike um, Arnold, unlike, say, Bruce Willis uh, or, or like John McClane, uh, more accurately, Sarah Connor has a arc. You know, she starts at one place and ends in a completely different place. So, mm. yeah, so she's not, I mean, again, we talked about this earlier, but, you know, you don't get the Sarah Connor from Terminator 2 without having her be um, uh, that character that she was in the first movie. Ooh. So I I I I gotta give I get gotta give a nod for uh, character progression also because I think I think maybe that's something that gets um, talked about a whole lot because I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean cuz John McClane is always John McClane. Yeah, they they reset him almost every movie. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's no growth, there's no development, there's there's nothing there. But yeah, she's definitely even from not just from Terminator One to Terminator Two, but to, from the beginning of Terminator Two to the end of Terminator Two. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a very, very excellent, excellent choice. <laughs> and the only reason why she didn't make it to my list is because, you know, her and Ripley were the obvious choices. Yeah. You know, they kind of go without saying. Um, you know, so I wanted to pick some maybe. Uh, heroines that were overlooked a little bit yeah you know what and and i totally agree with that perspective um yeah i was just looking at what i had and what i ha- i'm like i i can't not you know it's yeah yeah, yeah. you know daisy ridley and in, in the in the force awakens i mean there are so many that trinity from matrix like right. those easily could be added to you know action stars female action top female action oh, stars yeah. Oh, yeah. but in terms of uh, women presented on screen the ones that i admire the most mm-hmm. um I think I've pretty much stayed faithful to that. And uh, my last pick is uh, from one of my favorite movies, A League of Their Own. I'm going with Dottie Henson, played by uh, Gina Davis. Ah. I love that movie so much. To me, that is uh, almost, there is, it's movie perfection. I Mm -hmm. love The Dark Knight. You you know how much I love Batman. But I can pick out the flaws in that movie. Oh. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, there are plot holes you could drive a truck through. <laughs> yes. I love the way in The Dark Knight how the uh, the Chinese businessmen just happen to be sitting at their at the conference table with guns and flashlights. Yeah. <laughs> so when the lights go out, they immediately stand up. They all have guns and flashlights. Yeah. He's good with calculation. <laughs> <laughs> However, A League of Their Own is, is almost a flawless movie. Um, it's written well. Uh, the character Dottie Henson makes sacrifices for on behalf of her husband, on behalf of the country, and on behalf of her sister. She is one of the most selfless characters that I've seen in mm-hmm. cinema history in a long time, and I really do love that. I love someone who's out there giving of themselves for the benefit of others. It just you don't see that enough in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent agree, and and all that reminds me of is that I am totally due for a League of Their Own rewatch. I I haven't watched that in a hot minute. That that's a great movie. It's a funny movie. The performances are great. You get a nice little cameo from 
uh, David Lesher, who played mm-hmm. Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. Um, John Lovitz has a great cameo. Uh, but yeah, Dottie Henson, just she is <laughs> possibly one of my favorite female characters of all time. Yeah, and you know, uh, the ballad of Gina Davis is one of those where it's like, why didn't it happen? Like, like why didn't Gina Davis explode and become, you know, like the 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 iconic star that she was set up to be in pretty much every movie? You know, it's like why why was Cutthroat Island a terrible movie? Why why didn't The Long Kiss Goodnight resonate with audiences? You know, it's like I mean she she should have been in that pantheon and kind of kind of missed her shot, and I I I'm baffled as to why. I feel like she did, and she turned it. She turned away from it. Hmm. Um, she's had some great movies, and maybe you know, not you're not going to come out with a perfect record. Yeah, Cutthroat Island being one of the flops that she had. Sure, but she did perform in a lot of good movies, and I think she, being the big brain that she is, chose to go in another direction and become an archer for the U.S. Olympic team, or at least try to. Or, yeah. You know, just do some other things with her life. I mean, every so often you'll see her dabble within ho- in Hollywood these days. I yeah. remember her being on Grey's Anatomy not too long ago for a season. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so she's still around, but I think it was a decision on her part to shy away because I remember for a good four or five years, she was kind of the fashion icon at the Academy Awards where every year you had to look, what's Gina Davis wearing? Mm-hmm. So I think she did have that spotlight. And I think she chose to give it up. Now, I'm not positive about that, but I'm, I think that's how it happened. Yeah. Um, okay. So, oh, I have, uh, I have my last pick coming up. Um, okay. So, I, much like how I can't have a list without Sarah Connor, I can't have a list for, with, for me at least, is always the, a gold standard for what I would point to as a uh, strong female protagonist, uh, especially from uh, from a nerdy perspective. I mean, it's like you know, she was my nerdy crush growing up. I I can't not put Princess Leia Organa at the top of my list. I can't not. Has to be Princess. Fair Leia. enough. All, Fair enough. In in, in a series of movies where both the stormtroopers and the male heroes miss all of the time princess leia never missed as well yeah i mean it's like you go back and watch those movies and i forget when somebody pointed that out to me it's like well you know she never misses right i'm like really and i watch i'm like sure as shit She, she never misses and yeah just you know you know everything about the character it's like i i don't i i don't like like you were saying chris earlier with like you know characters like ripley and sarah connor um you know that don't that it's it's basically implied you know it goes without saying but it wouldn't be me talking about characters without me mentioning something about star wars and and yeah i mean Princess Leia was always a cool character. I mean, I mean, look at it this way. So like I'm I'm a young boy and I have, you know, all of these Star Wars action figures, all the Kenner action figures, and I had just as many Princess Leia figures as I did Han Solo's and Luke Skywalker's. So to me, 
that means something. That's that's important to a character's impact to where it wasn't just like, you know, just as like a love interest, which obviously she was, but I'm I'm not going to buy an action figure of just a doughy-eyed uh, a love interest. I'm going to buy an action figure of somebody that's got a a a removable helmet and a cape and then suddenly she's a bounty hunter in disguise. That that's the figure I'm going to buy. So um so yeah, I mean so for just, you know, just sheer um being just a sheer icon, I got to put Princess Leia on my list. Yeah, top of my list. When I think about it, I she's almost a prototype. Yeah. It really- kind of ties into what patty jenkins was saying who says that powerful women strong women project projected in movies can't be beautiful strong intelligent and princess leia was all of those things yep and and well oh i almost stepped in it i was i was gonna i put myself out there i pulled myself back i'm like and not sexualized Except for that entire third movie where she's running around in that iconic metal bikini. Whoops. <laughs> but no, but that also plays into what Patty Jenkins was saying. It's yeah. sexy as well. Yeah. She used to say that they can't be sexy as well. And not, you know, it, it's it's actually I would include that. Sure. Yeah. So that's a wow, that's an excellent choice. Thank you. So um so uh we mentioned earlier that um that you know, we'd probably have a handful of honorable mentions. You wanna? Uh, do you wanna run through some of yours? I man, I have like a couple handfuls. Oh, okay. So I, I'll kind of I'll skip a few because oh, sure, I mentioned sure. them before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's worth mentioning Beatrix Kiddo from Kill Bill. Absolutely. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning Ravenwood, Marion Ravenwood from Raiders. Yep. Black Widow from the Avengers. Yep. Um, Aaron Brockovich. Frida, Salma Hayek and Frida. Okay. Um, one that I really want to point out is Merida in Brave. Mm-hmm. That she almost made my list, but I kind of, I, I stuck to live action as opposed to animated. Um, <laughs> and, and another, another uh, action movie prototype, Nikita from La Femme Nikita. How, how did I miss that? You're absolutely right. Oh, I loved that movie. Oh, oh I really, man. It's been, that's another watch I have to do. Yeah. Oh man, that oh that slipped through the cracks for me. Oh man, yeah. such and, a great movie. Oh, and one one more, one more. Sure, oh, sure. Oh, I, okay, two more. Okay. I have to mention the movie uh, Crouching Tiger Crouching Tiger Hidden Dragon. Yes. Michelle Yeoh and Ji uh, uh, Zhang and yep. I have to kind of give if we're talking action movie kick-ass women, mm-hmm. I think uh, Angelina Jolie gets that trophy. Yeah. For the number of action movie, you know, for for as much as Warner Brothers wants to say that Wonder Woman opened the door, I feel like they stepped through the door that Angelina Jolie opened. Yep. Yeah, between Tomb Raider, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, mm-hmm. um, Gone in 60 Seconds, Salt. Right. You know, that's all her. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, 100% with you on that. Um, I had a I had a handful that uh, that you haven't mentioned. Some of them are are more uh, goofy than others. One of them is uh, uh, Do you watch uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine? 
The, uh, uh, I know. Okay, so there's a character on there named Rosa Diaz, and she is she is a cartoonishly badass, hard-edged cop. It's it's a comedy show, but but that's her character that she's like you know so cartoonishly abrasive and all that. But like uh, in any other comedic performances, she'll have like these flashes where she'll just she's very deadpan. And but uh, but yeah, I mean, like uh, terribly capable, um, uh, hilariously funny. I mean, she's one of the funniest people on that show. And and her character has I mean, it's it's one of those things where like she's funny just by being there. You know, it, it's one of those types of characters where, you know, it's it's how the other characters respond to her that makes her so funny. Um, also, um, we were talking about Supergirl earlier, and uh, Kara Danvers not on my list, but her sister Alex is. She's a uh, you know uh, the DEO agent, and she had this uh, this incredible uh, story arc over the last season where you know she was uh, uh, dealing with her sexuality and kind of the the challenges of that and. Um, it is really well played and kind of um, um, that that character's been given a lot more to do in in recent seasons and recent recent episodes and and yeah now she's a um, just a really cool character and and more rounded um, I have a, a Celine from the underworld movies on my list because I have the hugest crush on Kate Beckinsale in in every She's sense hot. I mean, well and not just that i mean just just an amazingly awesome character um you know it's like i mean not only was she you know kind of like had the the whole matrix aesthetic with the, the the machine guns and all that other stuff it's but no i mean kate beckinsale is great um yeah and you, the character just continues to move forward Yes. Regardless of how many hits and what's going on, she is determined and continues to move forward to her goal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. It, oh, I mean, and, and again, my, my very favorite moment in any of those movies is it's in the first movie. She jumps off the building, you know, plummets, you know, many, many stories down and just soft lands and then just walks without breaking stride. I just for yeah. some reason that just blew my hair back. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, just, just always just and, and, oh, and I guess and also the the shooting through the floor and all that. But I, I'm getting uh, um, lost in the weeds. Gotta get uh, keep moving. Um, Peggy Carter. Uh, neither of us have mentioned her yet. Um, yeah, I, I I loves me some Agent Carter. I liked the short that they did. Um, the series could have used a bit of tightening up, but yeah. I you know I get where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. With that pick. And let's see. Uh, and to round out my uh, list, um, Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road, because she basically stole that movie from the title character. And and it yeah. just it, it cements, you know, I, I, I was kind of uh, wistfully talking earlier about Gina Davis kind of not being in that in that pantheon, whereas I feel that this was the movie that cemented Charlize Theron's place in that pantheon. Um, she she is a action star and um, and yeah, and she's great in this again, steals it right out from the nose of everybody else. She's one of those great actresses that can go to pretty much any genre she chooses. Oh, yeah. You know, she's kind of a, like like a Gary Oldman in that sense. Right. You know, she I yeah, she, that's a good pick. And she, mm-hmm. what a great actress. 
Yeah, I you know, and probably should have been in my top five, but I was too busy messing around with <laughs> with other uh, you know screwing cool. around with other goofy picks. But yeah, no, I uh, uh, great movie and great character, and I think that's that's about all I've got for my uh, for my uh, uh, honorable mentions there. Um, so shoot, wow, Chris, this is a uh, this has been really really fun. Man, I had such a good time. I mean. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, let's see. So before we wrap up, uh, for, uh, for this time is, um, why don't you, uh, remind folks where they can find you online, uh, hype up all your social medias and let folks know again about your show faces and aces. Uh, well, uh, I have a podcast called faces and aces, Las Vegas. You can find me on Twitter at faces and aces LV, um, any hate mail that you need to send, please send it to Steve at the Mr. BS show. All the love <laughs> mail can come to Chris at faces and aces LV.com. And, uh, I just do a goofy little Vegas podcast. If you're a fan of Vegas or if you kind of, kind of buy into the whole mystique of what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Well, this podcast will shatter that. So, uh, check it out. Hope you find it entertaining. Awesome. Well, uh, Chris Kim, the green Korean himself, thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully it's, uh, I, I'm hoping my goal is by us reconnecting like this. We, we might have to do this uh, halfway regularly and not talk for three hours in one shot. <laughs> yeah. We broke off into so many tangents of complete episodes. I mean, oh my gosh. We talk about the DC universe. And I know you wanted to sneak that in at some point and talk, you have that discussion to be about that as well. That is another three hour recording, my friend. Yeah, uh, man, you're, you're not even joking. And, and my problem is, is that I tangent so hard and, you know, people can go back and listen from the beginning. I tangent so hard that I lose track of where I am. I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. uh, Come back, come back, come back. (laughs) So yeah, uh, such is life as a podcaster. And that's, uh, that is the beautiful thing about what we do. It's all about um, having fun and doing what we love and sharing it with uh, good friends. And, and again, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we were able to uh, reconnect and have this uh, conversation today. Yeah. I'm so happy that you reached out and thanks for having me on your show, man. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, You're welcome, and we will see you next time. And that'll do it for us this week. I'd like to thank you all for listening. If you want to go back and check out all of my past shows and podcasts, you can listen on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on iTunes. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. I would appreciate the feedback, and I will read your reviews on the air. You can find me on social media at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram. Right into the mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. For my guest, Chris Kim, my name is Mike, and this has been Mike Seibert Radio. And until next time, make good choices. <laughs> <laughs>